everybody. Thanks for being with us here in the blue corner with Roxy Diaz, uh, TV personality, <gasps> award-winning journalist. Emmy award-winning. Emmy award-winning hey. journalist. That's right. Period. Doug Fisher, uh, editor-in-chief of The Ring Magazine. I'm Jaime Mota. And today we are honored to have undisputed welterweight champion, only one of two women in modern post-Olympic era to win lineal championships in two weight divisions with a record of 10 and 2 with three knockouts from Chicago, Illinois, Jessica Caskillo McCaskill. Yeah. Thank you. Side hey. town. And, and she's got the real belt. She's got she's got the belt. <laughs> Ring she champ. came in with the hardware. Ring champ equals real champ. I didn't want to bring all the belts, so like I just brought That's like the one. Flex. one. The one. No, no, I mean, but seriously, I mean, it's not just the belt that like Rocky had, right, in the movies. This is the belt that dates back to Jack Dempsey, 1922. And you see it has this glow, but she is the inaugural women's welterweight champion. There has never been a Ring Magazine women's welterweight champion before Jessica. Wow. See, that, that, that that's, that's a great intro. That, you guys did a great right? job. <laughs> well, you know, we, we got to hype it up. Yeah, we got to hype it up. Yeah. Does it still sink in? Like, what do you think when you hear that intro and, and what goes through your mind? I feel like I don't think about it until like somebody says it because uh -huh. it's it's so much work and very little play with us in Chicago and at Body Shot and with Rick as my trainer and manager. It's just like it's hard. It's really hard. And so to hear that, it's like, oh, that's nice. Say it one more time. Just one more time. <laughs> let, let me repeat. Nice. So you're coming off probably one of your biggest wins, your most dominating win against Cecilia Breakhouse, the rematch. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one, it was a majority decision. This one, unanimous decision. It you, wasn't close. Yeah, it wasn't I was, even I was close. ringside. It wasn't close. So yeah. tell me about it. How was that fight? How did it unfold? Did it go as you expected? The second one? The second one. The second one, I think I surprised myself. I mean, everything that we practiced a million times, I did it and I did it so like just ferociously. I mean, from, you know, coming out of the corner into the center of the ring, Rick's like, I want you to get into the center of the ring, like get there, get there, be there first. And so when I watched the fight back, the first round, I was like, did I run? Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. So you were enthusiastic. Yeah, I was because I just felt like, you know, she, she said a lot of things. Cecilia said a lot of things the first time, like, let's not make any excuses. I want the best you. And then I felt like she turned around and made all the excuses. And I just mm. feel like that's a bad example to set out there. You know, if you're going to lose, just, you know, you lost, right? Like I have two losses on my on my record. I lost, okay? And if I get a chance to beat on Katie again, I'm going to win. So it's just <laughs> uh -huh. like you take what you can and, and do what you have to do. But, you know, that second time I, I knew what I had in me because we just we went over it again and again and again and then 10 times more. So I was expecting that, but it was just kind of like shocking to see it when I watched the fight back. You didn't just beat anybody. You beat like a legend. Like Cecilia Bracus is gonna go in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And you beat somebody who had never been beaten before the mm -hmm. first time. Yeah. Okay, close fight. You could say, oh, you know, uh, it, it could have gone either I way. I just wanna but say the, on the yeah. first fight, yeah. if you think about it, nobody had her winning let's think of it that way okay. it was a majority <laughs> win on clarify. Right, nobody right, had right. her winning though but okay right, yes go ahead that, 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 <laughs> but but a fight that was clear. a fight a fight that was competitive uh, it was competitive enough to where it merited a rematch yeah and and i'm glad it did because we had just 
with Ring Magazine, we just put together the women's rankings, right? Mm -hmm. And we obviously had you number one, welterweight, and Breakus number two, welterweight. And Breakus was still rated in the pound for pound, and you had just entered the pound for pound. And by you two fighting each other, you were the top two welterweights, so we put the inaugural Ring Magazine welterweight title on, on the line. And I knew whoever would win it would be, would be worthy. If it was Breakus, well, she's a future Hall of Famer, that's awesome. If you want it, you're out here cracking skulls and you will fight anybody. So we want fighting champions. Yeah. So, I mean, um, but talk to us about this. You know, going into the first fight, I hadn't heard this. Um, Breakus was close to equaling Joe Lewis's record, which was 25 defenses. She was going to beat it. Oh, she was going to surpass it. That was the mm -hmm. fight that was going wow. to surpass it. And so, I mean, there's, there was so much happening in that first fight. We had COVID. Our fight had been pushed back from April to August. Right. Um, we had just started the No Days Off um, documentary because we just felt like we had to keep ourselves in the eyes of you know every, right. our fans and everything. So it was just like we were nonstop moving trying to because when they said, "Hey, the fight's delayed," that's all we got for a very long time. We didn't know what was happening. So Rick's like, "You know what? We're just going to keep working." And I'm just like, in your head, you're like you just have nothing to grasp onto. You don't have a date, you don't have you know news, there's a pandemic going on, it was insane. So only thing we knew how to do was keep working, so we did. Um, we went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is kind of a random spot for a fight, but I think just totally. based off of everything that was going on, that was one of the best places to do it for them at the time. Fighting in the middle of the street, I had never fought outside <laughs> before, that was my first time fighting outdoors. Um, no, you fought outside before, but you never had to fight. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it wasn't price fighting. Yeah, it wasn't price fighting. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, no crowd, and so there were just so many elements, and it was just kind of like in my head, it was like it doesn't matter. We're just gonna do this shit. Like mm -hmm. we're just gonna do it. Um, and so the first fight, I felt like you know if if there was gonna be a rematch, and then everything get back to normal, and then I still do everything that I did the time before and better, then it was just like, okay, there's no doubt, you know. Yeah, before we started the show, you told me you got, um, you were messaged or you were contacted I, I, by the family of Joe Lewis. I got a package. I don't even know how they <laughs> got my information, but I got a package um, from their the family of Joe Lewis and they wrote a very nice letter to me thanking me for keeping his memory alive. Mm. And mm. they gave me an autographed book of um, his, I think it's his like biography. Mm -hmm. And so I have that, you know, when I finally build my like case for my belts and everything, that's gonna go up there. That's awesome. Yeah. And you got the brown bomber right behind you. Yep. Yeah, wow. How important is it for you to keep on moving? Because I like what you just said is like, okay, we had a, we had a co whole quarantine session, we had COVID, we had all of this stuff going on in our world but you were like, I still have to keep working. I have to stay relevant. So how important is it for you to keep that business going outside of just preparing for each fight over and over? It's, it's just a way of life. I've, I've adapted to this way of life because if you think about it like, hey, I'm gonna get ready for this fight. Okay, fight's over. Hey, I'm gonna get ready for this fight. You end up like, like Ricky Hatton when he would go into those breaks and mm -hmm. he would become uh, Ricky Ricky Fatton? Yes. <laughs> You know, and so you just have to stay focused. And my coach, Rick Ramos, he always says consistency is key. So when the world around you isn't consistent, you be the consistency. So that's what we did. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you mentioned Tulsa when the fight was there. After that fight or for that fight, 
you got to meet part of your family that Ugh. you had never met before. Tell us a little bit about that. That was actually the rematch, Dallas. The rematch. We were close enough in, in Tulsa to where we probably could have done it because they were, I have family in Oklahoma and I have family in um, Texas. But, you know, with the pandemic and everything, we just kind of delayed it. And so for the, the rematch in Texas, that's when I got to meet my grandmother for the first time mm. since I was like a baby um, and my primas and uh, my tias. So I just I just was really proud to be like here. You know, I did this. <laughs> you know, the family name is, is something that I've contributed to. And so it was it was an amazing thing. We just we sat in like uh, the restaurant of the hotel and talked and took pictures and just shared time what so, were some of the topics that you guys um, caught up on just just they they mentioned a lot about what they've been seeing me do on social media because we are connected on social media mm. and so um they they talked just kind of about like their kids and what they're doing and talked about uh, mommy that's my grandmother and just kind of how she's been doing and just updating us so and we just you know just kind of talked about the here and now you know mm -hmm. we were definitely in that moment so you knew that they were coming to the fight? Did you get them the tickets? How, how did that whole they dynamic work? They didn't come to the fight because they wanted to bring my grandmother and she just turned, I believe, 91. Mm. Mm. So the fight would have been probably too much, but you know, Rick wanted to make sure that I focused on the fight, so he handled all the logistics. And so they came the, the next day. So they, they watched the fight, but then they actually were um, there in person the next day. Okay. And that fight was the, the co-main event um, the main event was the rematch between Juan Francisco Estrada and uh, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, which I think is still like fight of the year mm -hmm. front runner. But that event, it actually had um, three ring magazine championships. Um, first time in a long time. But um, what, you know, what is that like when you, you are like, you, it wasn't the main event, but you're, it's like, you're getting closer to that main event on on major cards yeah. internationally. We've we've been um, headlined before, whether it was Chicago or your call in London headlining. Right. And your call was against Katie, Katie Taylor. Taylor. Yes. Right. Yes. 2017. Um, so like those things aren't necessarily new to me. So I mean, it's always great um, just just to make sure that people see that that is something that can happen, right. and you know, people looking up at trying to be boxers, you know, they know okay, that's a possibility. So that's always good to have that. Yeah, but ob yeah, obviously being a part of major cards here in the United States yeah. and major arenas, and right? That's on, important on major platforms. Right, that's, that's important. What do you think it's going to have to take to get women's boxing to be one of those? You know, it's not like oh, finally it's the main event, like consistency, consistently the main event. Um, well, I think the depth of the sport has to grow a little bit more. There's a lot, always a lot of talk about the two-minute, three-minute rounds and um, going from 10 to 12. And, you know, those things can be dangerous when you talk about trying to grow the sport because once, you know, somebody gets hurt from something like that, they're, they're suspended for 60 to 90 days. So you just took away a person that could possibly fight again. And the more that happens, you know, ha beyond the time when it's, it's ready, then you're just you're just making the sport a lot more shallow. So once we get more people, more fighters, grow the sport, I think we'll have a little bit more. Because, I mean, even if you think about it, like Summerlin, 
who's at a body shot. She's um, also 147 and she's 20 years old and she fought for um, a different title recently and she's already in the top 10. Yeah. She's only had six fights and she's already in the top 10. So she could fight somebody who has, you know, 20 plus fights and what does that do for her? That could be dangerous. True. So it's just one of those things where the sport has to grow, there has to be more participation and then we can kind of, you know, try some different angles. Well, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Katie Taylor, you mentioned Katie Taylor, you know, <laughs> that the, the one fight <laughs> that people, the yeah. people that, you know, know about boxing, everybody wants you and, and Katie Taylor to get back in the ring. And I know you have, you know, uh, some specific thoughts as to how and, you know, when that mm -hmm. could happen. So uh, we'll be back here in the blue corner with Jessica McCaskill. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-741-8791. 800-741-8791. 800-741-8791. That's 800-741-8791. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're in the blue corner with Jessica McCaskill. But remember, if you guys have any original content, any boxing video, photos, whatever you guys like, uh, and you want us to post it, send it to us, Blue Moon Boxing, Blue Moon Entertainment, in the blue corner, and we'll get you on. So, uh, Jessica, we were talking before the break about a possible rematch with Katie Taylor. I know you want that fight. However, uh, you're the champ. Yeah, you're the undisputed champ. What does what's it gonna take for this fight to happen? I'm not really sure what it's gonna take because it seems like it's it's been dangled out there for so long and you know, we're ready to take it whenever it's made available. I know Eddie Hearn and my my uh, trainer and manager Rick Ramos, they're in talks now. Um, it just doesn't seem like it's a, f a for sure kind of thing. I, again, it's it's dangling, but hopefully, we can get it done. Hopefully, we can bring it to either Chicago, my hometown right now, mm -hmm. or the UK. I mean, all events over in the UK are crazy ridiculous, but yeah. it's very awesome. So we're just trying to figure it out. I mean, you know, let's get a fight. 145, all the belts. She wants my belts. I wouldn't mind having her belts, but, you know, it, it seems like it's going to be, you know, one or the other. So I'm ready to defend my belts. But she's going to have to come up. Uh, you're not going to go back down. Uh, to fight her again at 135. No, not 135. No, she'd have to come up to my weight. Come see me. Right. <laughs> you have to Here. come and see me. We yes. Were, we were talking about that earlier about the sh just the strain of having to, just as a woman, having to go up and down and wait. And it's more challenging. It's, we're built differently. It's harder. Where's your comfort zone? Do you, do you prefer being able to stay where you're comfortable at right now? Or do you do you like having to lose weight and go down for fights also? Or does it matter to you? It doesn't really matter to me. It's just kind of what the smart play is at the moment. But what a lot of people don't know is, you know, I started out um, professionally boxing at 135. 
And when Rick told me, he's like, you're going to fight at 135, I was like, excuse me? Because <laughs> <laughs> I had never fought at 135 before. In the amateurs, I fought in the 140s and the 150s. Ah. And a lot of people don't know that. So then once we moved up to welterweight, people like to say this thing of like, she's not a true welterweight. And I'm like, okay, you can catch these hands, these non-welterweight <laughs> hands if you want to. <laughs> um, but I mean, for me, it's really about not doing it at the last minute. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're training to be a bigger fighter or if you're training to be a smaller fighter, it has to start way before, you know, those six or eight weeks that you right. get before a fight. Now you know your body. Um, do you feel like you could put weight on? Yeah, I, yeah, I have definitely put weight on. I've put um, a lot of muscle on. Right. Rick Ramos does all of my scheduling, so he'll have me getting massages, he'll have me strength and conditioning, like everything. I mean, this is my moneymaker. I have to take care of my right. body, and it's important um, to do it the right way because that old school stuff is for mm. the birds. I'm, I don't want to wear plastic for nobody if I don't have to. I've done it. <laughs> right. I've done it, but I would, right. I, but if I don't. <laughs> that, the, the sauna suit is cutting weight. Yes. But I'm talking about Putting Gaining on weight, weight. like it, could you yes. go to? You're a welterweight right now. You're the welterweight champ. Could you go to junior middleweight? I probably could. I don't think. I don't think I would want to go higher than 147. Um, mm. Because we do two day, three days with our workouts every day. There's there's times like closer to the fight where I'm just looking at a plate full of food and I'm just like, God, mm. I have to eat this right mm. now because you're eating and because you, you put on so much muscle and you right. burn it off. And so there's challenges no matter what weight you're at. And how difficult is it now? I mean, you're 37 years old. You have all right to slap the shit out of me. <laughs> I just right now. I'm, I'm so happy. Happy. Yeah, it's I'll, okay. I'm going to catch those welterweight <laughs> hands in a minute here. <laughs> I just had a birthday. Who so does okay. that? <laughs> no, but, but the reason I ask, Hi, the reason I ask is because you're talking about the difference, you know, and, and how hard it is uh, with weight, you know, and yes as we grow older it it's gets harder. a lot harder yeah. it is so harder. do you struggle with that a little bit more now than you did before no now now it's very much under control but there was that one day where you know back when i was in st louis no no this is when i actually came to chicago and i could i could like not eat for like three days and just work out and then i'm on weight and i think i did that for a fight <laughs> And I couldn't like retain any water. Like I'm just like nonstop through you do your weigh-ins and then you're killing like Gatorades and waters mm -hmm. and it's like sitting there. And then I had my amateur fight. This was um, when I first came to Rick and after the amateur fight, all of it came up like it just oh it God. never like so and i was like okay so we need to change the way we do yeah. this <laughs> and rick's like i got you so you know there is a time when your body is just like we cannot do that anymore talk about your relationship with your trainer manager rick because I, I feel like rick you need a chair up here she done shouted <laughs> out your name so many times i'm like come on but it's important to have that trust yes. i guess and how has it been over time that you you've basically put your life in his hands. First of all, Rick is crazy. <laughs> so, we, I mean, if you guys have ever seen No Days Off, that is our life. You know, he kicks people out of the gym, he's like happy, and then he's yelling, and then we eat, and then, it, you know, it's just kind of like, it's real life family. So, um, and he he's probably one of the only people in boxing community that I trust. Um, and we've been through a lot of ups and downs, whether it's with my career, his career, the other fighters that he has, because we all are like very close knit and we, we go through crazy stuff together. Like we train at 445 in the morning and it's mm -hmm. like for everybody to get up and be on that page together is, is one thing like 
it's just not easy you know mm -hmm. and that kind of commitment it's not easy so you know that they're putting kind of their heart and soul into it so you're a lot more dedicated for each other but I, I feel like you know he was the only person that took me seriously it took me nine months when I got to Chicago to find a gym he was the only person after phone calls and emails and showing up to gyms knocking on the door he was the only person that was like okay show up and we'll, we'll figure something out what do you think what made it so difficult what do you think it what do you think it was that made Rick see your worth and others didn't and have you ever ran across those other people again um <laughs> those are good questions <laughs> well this was back in 2012 I moved to Chicago at the end of 2012 and so I was searching until September of 2013 so I just feel like boxing was looked at differently and females were looked at differently and I just wanted the opportunity, I already had amateur fights, mm -hmm. I just wanted the opportunity to continue my career after moving, relocating. And I, I have, I think I have run across a few of those people. They're just like, oh, you emailed me? And I'm like, yeah, you're lost, okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's just, it's been like this crazy ride. And um, like I said, he was just the only person to say yes. And, and when he did say yes, I came in and I started off with the classes and I'm like, I have to stand out. I need everybody to see mm. me. So they're like, do burpees. And I'm like jumping up and like smacking my knees and like doing all this mm -hmm. like extra stuff. And then he had me spar with his top girl who um, won Golden Gloves. And you I knocked put her it, out, right? I put her down with a body <laughs> shot. Oh. And all I could think to myself was, I made it. Like <laughs> we did it. So I was very excited about that. Now, uh, you mentioned about standing out. And you stand out in a way that a lot of boxers don't. I mean, you went to college communications if i'm not mistaken yeah this is all normal for uh, me there you <laughs> go. my but, check <laughs> but you're an investment banker yes uh, how does an investment banker get involved with boxing I, that was a completely random thing i was working in st louis and my company was shutting down I, I worked for different ad agencies and different things and so i was like okay now what and somebody was like so yeah i have this sister and she works in finance and i think you'd be great and i was like okay let's give it a try I interviewed over the phone for a couple months and got the job and then just picked up and moved to Chicago. So mm. it was just a completely random thing and it worked out. And honestly, like white collar love, they love like boxing and the nitty gritty. And when I come in with black eyes and stuff like that, <laughs> they want to hear all about it. So <laughs> it, it meshes. Can it coexist now, though, at this stage of your career? I was just about to ask that. Are you still doing it? I mean, do you, how do you, and how do you juggle this that? This is the first time I've said this in public. I quit my job in um, July, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. I was wondering about <laughs> yeah. that. I was wondering if she's still. So yeah. things are good. Things are good. <laughs> things are good. So yeah, I just. Rick's done okay with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just it's one of those things where if I don't have to stress myself out and if I don't have to stretch myself over multiple things, uh -huh. then then why do it? You know, I really did love the the communication um the corporate world and and finance which i like you said i went to school for communications to to end up in finance was like really weird for me but i just you got to do what you got to do to make that money right um mm -hmm. so you know i love the corporate world and it'll be waiting for me if i ever decide to go back for it and if i don't right. i don't but i just i'm taking time for myself and i'm living my life and i'm trying to enjoy some of this in my old age of 37. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Hi, no, but, but you know what? It's like you, you are near the pinnacle of the sport. I mean, you are at the pinnacle of your weight class mm -hmm. and you're kind of close in that, the mythical rankings, the pound for pound rankings. Everybody has either 
Katie Taylor or Clarissa Shields at number one and number two. Mm -hmm. And your weight class is between them, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. Um, and then at number three, everybody has Amanda Serrano. Mm -hmm. You're number four, at least according to Ring Magazine, you're yeah. number four. So you're in this place where there's, there's a lot of women that, you know, they're like, how do I raise in stature to where people look at me, view me the way they view Taylor and Shields and, and Serrano. And you have this opportunity where you can actually have a rematch with Taylor. Mm -hmm. And if you were to beat her, and a lot of people would favor you to beat her, maybe you're number one pound for pound. Or let's say, you know, some, some platform like Triller says, we're going to put up a million, two million dollars for you to fight Clarissa Shields because she's got all the titles at 154. Mm -hmm. That would be worth it, right? To go right. up and wait. You that's, would put on some muscle to do that, right? That's right. a possibility Ooh. as well. Yeah. So it's like it makes sense to focus 100% on boxing right now because it's yeah. like you actually have the opportunity right in the here and now to make some moves that are just like total legacy builders. Right. And working two full-time jobs because the way that we operate mm -hmm. our gym boxing is definitely a full-time job right it was just a lot and you know I've done other things to where like I have two pit bulls and <laughs> I said mom I, I got this big fight coming up and I just need you to take one for a little while I think she kidnapped her and that's fine <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting my dog back but that's okay but you know you just have to make sacrifices people think you know sacrifices are like okay I didn't go out Friday night or I had one less drink it's it's major things that you give up or that you set aside or that you just put on pause if you really want to do this and I I don't feel like I have a whole lot of time it's here right now nothing's gonna get in the way well on that note we're gonna take a pause we're gonna come back more with Jessica McCaskill here in the blue corner have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-741-8791. 800-741-8791. 800 That's 800-741-8791.
Hey everybody, we're back in the blue corner with Jessica McCaskill. And if you missed any part of this broad podcast, you can check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, hey, we want you to check us out. So remember, come back in the blue corner. So Jessica, before uh, we start with our rapid combos that we have here coming up, uh, I know that Roxy Diaz has something that she wants to come back and ask you. Yeah, you were talking about um, sacrificing mm -hmm. and how every uh, sacrificing is different and especially different for women than it is for men because they don't have to think about their biological clock sticking, you know, having to raise a family and all of that stuff. Do you feel like you've had to sacrifice since Jaime has thrown your age out there <laughs> so disrespectfully? The, is that in your mind now? Because you talked about wanting to really enjoy those other parts of your life now it's kind of crazy because like i said i i really i have blinders on and i really just think about you know boxing but you know for for each fight you have to get your medicals done and the lady that does mm -hmm. the ophthalmologist that does my eyes she's like so i have a guy and if you want to freeze your eggs and i was like whoa, whoa. <laughs> i was like is it that time you know yeah <laughs> she's like just take the card honey and i'm like okay i'm gonna thank you thank you i think thank you so it's just it's oh, one of those wow. things you don't think about but it it surrounds you yeah so um and that's it's actually a conversation i've started to have with some of my other girlfriends and they're like i'm thinking about freezing my eggs and i was like girl let me tell you what yeah. happened to me so um it's it's there it's kind of like looming thoughts but mm -hmm. i just figure when it's time it's time i say it to say because i feel like we're both around the same age as well and i've had i remember having to sacrifice so much in my career you couldn't you couldn't have a public relationship you you had to be this well for me sex symbol you had to always be available and, I, and you spoke about how you mm -hmm. do not want to be seen as a sexy woman, because you're a beautiful woman in you. boxing, you hate the heart emojis when they come on your comments, <laughs> you know? But at the same time, we sacrifice so much of our own personal life. So is there anything that has struggled for you? Because I know boxing, we know we're gonna win boxing, but then if you tell Rick, look, honey, I just need, you know, some me time. It's just, <laughs> you know, that phase in my cycle right now, where I, I could really fuck you up. So do you feel like, you know, it, that, now the mental stability of boxing and how we're all mentally aware of things, it's a better place for younger girls to come into boxing. I think it is a better place because people are being themselves and they're they're kind of letting their own light shine. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, for me, I think, you know, I don't want to be, you know, very sexual. And so, you know, the things that I do, I, I'm, I'm very much myself. Like I grew up with three boys. I'm a tomboy. I'll climb mm -hmm. any tree doesn't even matter but like you think about like is it weird if I paint my nails like how, right. how am I gonna be seen if I'm out there with painted nails and you know some of that stuff you just have to let go and be yourself and there's other people who are they're themselves but they're very sexual and that's mm -hmm. them and so it's like one of those things where it's like I don't want to tell anybody how to do their thing I don't want anybody to tell me how to do my thing and as long as we are all good then we're all good right I mean could you imagine them having to tell Kodo or Mayweather or any of these guys that your pedicure is off like come on <laughs> the things that we have to worry about yeah but that's awesome it's good to hear all right jessica we're gonna go with our rapid combos okay yes so uh, i know you live in chicago now uh, and i know you've thrown out the first pitch at the white Sox. would mm -hmm. you ever throw out the first pitch at the cubs and oh tell me God. why <laughs> no i i it would be a hard convincing but i would say off the top no because i grew up close to St. Louis and so I, I am a diehard St. Louis Cardinals fan and we are raised to hate the Cubs but if you're a Cubs fan shout out to you stay loyal do your thing <laughs> like I said I'm gonna let you do you and let me do me <laughs> 
Chicago spring or Chicago fall? Um, oh, those are all like really good. Um, Chicago period with, with some visits to a warm place here and there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know you are a banker, uh, champion in boxing, but if you had to do anything else, what would it be? I love making stuff. I love building things. I have all the tools. I'm not allowed to use them because Rick thinks I'm gonna chop my fingers off. So you know. Oh, you're like actually like yeah, I'm like Tim the, the Tool Man Taylor yes. in the garage. Yes, I love all of it. So I just like making things, whether it's like butters for my pedicure or if it's like <laughs> I'm building a little birdhouse or something. I love just to make things. Oh Jessica DIY. I yes. was just thinking that. <laughs> Rick, HGTV, you're slipping. What's going on? <laughs> We're on it. I love that. All right. So uh, favorite type of music or, or artist? Um, I love all kinds of music. Um, because of Rick, we listen to a whole lot of Kanye. I'm down with it. I was uh, going to say Kanye or Drake Con album. Kanye all day, <laughs> all of his albums. So I, I think I'm, I'm going to stick with Kanye. That's what's uh, pumping in the, the Body Shot Gym? Yeah, from okay. Black Skinhead to yeah. like some of his gospel songs. Like it's go, I mean, yeah. when we have class, we do house music because there's no offensive words. Oh. Right, so it'd <laughs> <laughs> be smart. That oh. part. So, um, and then I've asked uh, other female boxers this before, which one is harder getting, well, I have a feeling you don't have a problem getting up early in the morning, but um, okay. I'm up uh, at 3.30. Like getting you all glammed up for camera? Oh, that's easy too. I will put on my okay. six inch heels and I didn't wear heels today because I'm like, we're gonna be running around, but I have it. I have the big purses, the big shoes, all the makeup, but I also have my gloves and I have my <laughs> mouthpiece. So so sneakers or heels, which one do you like rocking more? I haven't worn heels in so long. Like I just bought a new pair and I was like, am I gonna be okay? And I was like, okay, we're good, we're good. Like I just had to like step a little bit, but I have more sneakers than anything. Okay, so what hurts even more that pinky toe and a pair of <laughs> and a pair of heels or catching a hook. <laughs> that pinky toe. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that pinky toe is fierce. You better you better wrap it up or something. I expected you to say that. <laughs> Maybe because you know how it is. Nah, you know when you wear that, That's what I was gonna say. Maybe I don't come across yeah, a lot of heavy hitters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you were to go to dinner with four people, mm -hmm. anybody, uh, doesn't matter, you know, history, mm -hmm. who would it be? Rick, my mama, and Jesus. Aww. Oh, and, and the dog, four. like, under the table. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I need a pet. I need a, yes, a pit bull <laughs> under the table. I love nice. it. Rick, what are you just, what are you doing with these writers? <laughs> They're just like. You made her top four, Rick. I have, Rick is wow. my bestie. Like, low-key Rick is definitely my bestie. We talk about the most craziest things. Like, okay, quick story. So my very first fight, they wrap my hands and you can't get them wet because, you know, people have done some bad things in the past. And I had to go to the bathroom and I'm like, Rick, <laughs> we got to figure this out. And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. Just put like a, a latex glove over it, over one hand and we were good. But he's have his own stories like that too. But. Oh, we we, we oh want to hear gosh. a Rick story. Oh, that's <laughs> confidence. That's, you should have had another mic next yeah, time. Right, right, next yeah. time. Next time we know, Rick. We'll pull you up. I'll sit out. You sit in for this one, okay? I love it. Uh, well, th this may not be a question, but I want to know how you feel. You're going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame of your college, of uh, SIUE. Uh, uh, you know, what so does that excited. feel like? I'm so excited. 
Um, first generation graduate. Congratulations. Thank wow, you. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like I tell her, I don't even know if this is like a thing anymore where, you know, when I was going to college, people were like college is going to be the best days of your life. And I don't know if people still say that and mm -hmm. if it's the same. But, you know, we used to wear pajama pants and hoodies <laughs> to class. And now yep. people are like really like bougie about it. But I just I just discovered so much in college and to um, to go back and to, to receive this award it's it's like a thank you letter to all my teachers. Mm -hmm. Y'all yeah. um, then pulled out the good one here. Oh. <laughs> um, I just feel like I had so many teachers in my life that really pushed for me to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. um, Rick does that a lot, so I think that's why I have a, a good appreciation for him, but they, they would say things like, you're gonna go to college like every day. Mm. Um, they made us believe things about ourselves that um, yeah, a lot of people didn't. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited. That's amazing. You know, your your life story, it runs so parallel to a, a Hollywood movie. I mean, what you've been through. We're working on that. You're, creative. That right? you're, <laughs> you're a creator and, and you're a communications manager. And, and I think you owe so much of your your story to young girls and just women in general. I agree. So what where does that movie start and where would that movie end? Like are how how deep would you go with telling your story? I would I would tell everything that's I mean already out there. People know I was homeless as a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, we started in nice neighborhoods with nice things and then those things started to kind of dwindle and then you know, you're you're living in the back of a church and mm -hmm. and then you make it out of that and it, and then you, you kind of like start to get back up to the place where you remember being. And then it's just like, and then it's like, okay, now you're off doing your own thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like the only thing I could think of after, you know, going to college and moving out and doing my own thing was, I don't want to be homeless again. You Amen. know, and right. it's just like, you, you just push to, to succeed and push to get, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And so, and now I have my own house. And mm. I have my own car and my own uh, dog. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got her own yeah. house. She got her own car. Hey, <laughs> hey, she got hey, her own. Hey, hey, okay. All right. So and I just I feel like I've I've gotten to that pinnacle of like you know that's my I've made it you know mm -hmm. and I just want to make my family proud. So then obviously stepping into a ring to face anybody is nothing compared to what you've been through. Yeah. I don't care if Godzilla's like staring me down, we're doing a face off, like I don't even care. That's not even half of what I've been through in my life. Yeah, you've overcome so many mental hurdles and societal hurdles and just, you know, at life a young challenges. Age. Yeah. yeah, at a yeah. young age. Well, just I mean just being first generation to yeah. graduate yeah. from college, that's a huge deal. Yeah. That's yeah. a game it's a like a paradigm shift yes. for your entire family. Right. You know? And and after I got my degree, like, you know, my older brothers, they went back, my right. mom went back. And so it's just, you just, you see it's when you're making now. a change. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's just a crazy thing to go through those things at a, at a young age and your friends don't know mm -hmm. what you, what you mean and right. they can't, you know, help you. And so there's a lot of things that you have to do on your own. And I'm just thankful to be um, in a place in my life where I don't have to do, do things on my own. Well, I know you're very, very focused on like the real fights, like the ones that really, really matter in the ring. But thanks to Triller and, um, you know, the versus battles as well. You know, these <laughs> yeah. exhibition fights are yes. like really a thing. Could you even picture yourself doing like up against a celebrity and who would that be? I, w I would probably do it. It's um, probably me after I, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mentioned her age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and she'd do that for free. Yeah. I don't know who who's out there on the female side to want to, it would, it would have to be like a uh, 
the a CrossFit person or yeah. something yeah. like that, okay. like somebody popular in in that world, like because I or can't female wrestler or something. Maybe. MMA, yeah. Yeah. MMA fighter. Well, MMA that's cyborg. Yeah, that's okay. less celebrity and that's more crossover. Yeah, that's crossover. So yeah, Chris can get that work. So oh, we can okay. do that. Um, Amanda Nunez, that's a good name. Ooh. Oh, wow. That would be huge. <laughs> that's pay-per-view. Oh, I'll God. I'm, I'm down for that right I'll now. That. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my that. God. What did I start? Rick. Hey, Rick. <laughs> Rick, <laughs> let's Rick. work on that. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I'm, uh, that's the thing is, like, I want to make big moves, and I want to do things that will be embedded in history forever. And, you know, so some of these, like, sm I've never had a tune-up fight. Everything I've ever done it's has true. been the biggest fight of my career. Only 12 pro bouts, and you're undisputed champion. Yeah. That's how I roll. That's wow. how we'll end the show. Yeah. yeah. You know <laughs> what? Drop yeah. The mic. mic drop. Drop the mic. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, so on that note, Jessica, thank you so much. Jessica McCaskill, undisputed welterweight champion. I want to thank Roxy Diaz as well for Thanks being for here with me. us. Also, uh, my co-host, like always, uh, Dougie Fisher. Dougie. I uh, had fun. <laughs> uh, I'm Jaime Mota. Guys, thank you so much for being here with us in the blue corner. Catch you next week. She's actually going to catch